Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, UFOs, COVID, and Tom DeLong. That's correct, UFOs, COVID, and Tom DeLong. Now, you may be wondering how we're going to connect those things, but let me tell you, it's going to be easier than Kevin Bacon's Six Degrees. I want you first off to take a look at an article that we find on New York Post, and it's titled, UFO Sightings Are Up 51% Amid Coronavirus Data. And this article is by Natalie... Menescamichi, it looks like. And it's got a picture here of, uh, I believe this is the Tic Tac UFO back from 2004. It's been around for a while now. And it says, uh, the article begins by saying, widespread quarantine has more people than ever believing we may not be alone in the universe. Data from the nonprofit National UFO Reporting Center, which records UFO-related events, shows that sightings are up by 51% so far this year, compared to the same period in 2019, the Wall Street Journal reported Tuesday. Now, I want to point out that if you go to the website, ufowarning.com, I have links there to uh, three of the uh, larger reporting uh, centers, uh, National UFO Reporting Center, New Fork, uh, MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, and uh, the Northwest Reporting UFO Reporting Center. All three of them are right there at the ufowarning.com website, and you can link onto each one of those, see what they're about. And if you've seen a UFO that you would like to report or encounter, you can do it there. And of course, you can always go to our Twitter account at UFO Warning, leave a message, leave a, leave a DM, or simply send me an email. We'd love to hear from you. Now, the article continues by saying, among the 5,000 sightings, among the 5,000 sightings, Recorded this year, 20% of them occurred in April, the height of the COVID-19 crisis and lockdown, according to the news outlet. So that's over a thousand UFO sightings reported just at this one UFO reporting site, at just one during April. Peter Davenport, 72, has directed the organization since 1994, says his phone has been ringing off the hook with reports of extraterrestrial accounts. Davenport of the city of Harrington in Washington State collects first-hand accounts through his website and by phone and has been answering 25 to 50 calls a day. It's a Herculean task, Davenport told the Wall Street Journal, as he explained that he has to silent his phone at night to try to catch some sleep. It's literally taken over my life, he said. Davenport works with a partner, fielding calls and emails from people across the country who believe they've spotted a UFO. And the reports have been skyrocketing. One might think an increase would be exciting to me, but from my vantage point, it's just more work, said Davenport, who was reluctant to speculate as to why there's been an uptick. Uh, an uptick. Now, we've talked about that a lot in the podcast, too. Just why are people seeing so 
many more UFOs. Now think about that. 51% increase. Now we could say that people are home a lot more because of the lockdowns, that they're paying attention. Some people might think that because people are really have been demoralized, disenfranchised, and disgusted by this stupid lockdown in the face of what's turned out to undoubtedly be a completely overblown case of the flu. That people are upset about this, that they're demoralized, that they're looking for something else. They're looking away from the government as a power source to possibly something off-planet. And as a result, they put themselves into prime position to have UFO sightings and encounters. That's one, that's one thought. Another thought is possibly all the stress and all the extra human suffering that these lockdowns have caused have actually sent out some sort of a psychic SOS pattern to these UFOs. Now that could be good or bad. That could mean, hey, we're here to help, or those could simply be extraterrestrial buzzards that we see hovering above our heads. Nobody knows for sure what's going on, but something certainly is happening in the UFO phenomena. Now this article goes ahead and says, the Pentagon last month announced that is forming a new task force led by the U.S. Navy to investigate UFOs. In 2019, the Post launched a docu-series of UFO sightings called The Basement Office. Well, two things right there. Number one, we've been hearing a lot of information going back and forth about whether this thing will be centered out of the Department of Defense or whether uh, it'll be out of the Navy. Uh, there was all this hubbub about uh claiming that ATIP files have been destroyed. There's no point in trying to FOIA them anymore. So there's a lot of there's a lot of a gray area here from what I can see as far as what this U.S. task force can do and who it's accountable to. I mean, for crying out loud, right now we have a COVID task force that's going behind the president's back and trying to uh, implement, implement economic shutdowns and mandatory masks in states just because the positive rate for COVID's kicked up. And we're going to take a look at what's going on with this COVID stuff. And if we can't trust the government with the information and the disclosure that they give us about a flu epidemic, then how in the world can we trust these very same people with the information that they propose to give us about UFOs? Now, as far as the basement office goes, that's a series you can find that on YouTube. I found by the New York Post and Nick Pope, and I. The other fellow's name I think is Green Street, maybe. Anyway, excellent little documentary series. I just it's highly addictive. I have to warn you, and I've I've watched several of them uh, online, and I intend to watch all of them that I can. Really fun stuff, and they do some excellent interviews on there. I mean, they pack in so much inner uh, information and entertainment in about a 15-20 minute program. Uh, it's great stuff. But then again, I'm kind of partial. I am a big fan of Nick uh, Pope's. In fact, speaking of Tom DeLong, i got a short little story that I'll relay there in just a second. Now, before I get into the, t the Tom angle of this story, I kind of want to just go back here and take a look at another article that we have linked at the UFO warning um, at the UF at the UFO website. One second here, let me bring that up, and we can. Oops, just see. 
it, it seems as though my f my phone uh, kind of would like to just not bring up my UFO warning site for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I've maybe I've met Google's criteria for an undesirable. Let's go ahead and bring that up one more time here. UFOwarning.com. That's where you can go at. Oops. I'm just about the point of needing reading glasses today. The whole COVID thing seems to almost be coming to a head right now. There's starting to really be uh, a lot of resistance to the notion of a uh, second lockdown. So if you go to ufowarning.com, I did post a link there, and you can watch this like, short four or five minute video at the site, and it's from OEN, and they talk about a recent uh, New York Times article, and explaining that uh, out of the out of these all these tests that are being given, the reason that the positivity rate is so high is that what happens is they take a sample, and then they have to uh, grow that sample and grow the DNA from the COVID in there. So basically, they're having to magnify the level of the COVID in the sample in order to tell whether there's any there to begin with or not. But the problem is, is that they're taking these uh, mucus samples from people and then they are extrapolating that up to 30 or 40 times the original size. And when they do that, they are creating samples where it looks like there's a lot more COVID there than what was originally. So as the Times goes through and explains this, is this gal on OEN, she quotes the Times, and she does a very good job of dissecting the article and showing that what's happening is people are being diagnosed positive about 10 times as often as they actually are. The problem is, is that they're saying, yes, they've got COVID, but the thing is the COVID is so tiny in that original sample that there's no way these people could have been made ill from it. In fact, they're saying it's extremely unlikely that they would ever have been able to spread it or any any such thing. And and even so, ones that were uh, infected from it, the vast majority never got sick enough to even notice it. So here we have this, uh, not information being spread, but misinformation and disinformation. When you're taking a sample test like this and you're creating by a factor of 10, the number of people that you are calling infected and an infectious risk. That's not misinformation. That's disinformation. These people are scientists. They know what they're doing. They know that if, if a New York Times reader, or a writer for crying out loud, could come along and say, hey, wait a minute, you're counting, you're counting the COVID uh, susceptibility here is the amount that you, that, that you, you put the stuff in a Petri dish and grew it for two weeks. This is not what the person had in them. This is what the person. This is what the sample had after you let it set for two weeks. So you're claiming that there is a much higher level of COVID uh, virus in the sample than than what than whatever was. So we're being disinformed. You know, you could say we're being lied to. We're being told that ten times as many people are infectious as are, and possibly a hundred times. Now, that's your government bureaucracy. That's your CDC doing that for you. And speaking of the CDC, we even had another article come out regarding them in the last couple of days. 
Now, this is out of NBC. It's one of their news affiliates, WFLA, I think. There again, the link is at the website, ufowarning.com. And, and the title says, New CDC report shows 94% of COVID-19 deaths in U.S. had contributing conditions. So in other words, 94% of the people that were reported as having died of COVID actually died of something else. They just happened to have COVID. Now we've all heard the stories. Many, many of them have been documented and sourced where people, everything from suicide to car wrecks, have been uh, cited as COVID deaths. Just because the person who met their end happened to have COVID. And says, uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released new data last week that depicts how many Americans who have died from COVID also had contributing conditions. According to the report, only 6% of deaths have COVID-19 as the only cause mentioned. And then it has a table listed, and it lists a lot of the leading causes and uh, thinks that the number one cause, influenza and pneumonia. Now, we know lots of older folks, lots of people who are sick, and sometimes just normal people get influenza and pneumonia, and it can be fatal, especially if you're being denied medical care. It also lists uh, respiratory failure, hypertensive disease, diabetes, many things on top of that. I can tell you I know of a couple of cases of people who actually did have the virus. One in particular, I was talking to a fellow that I uh, I have his acquaintance of mine, and I'd heard that he had COVID, and I, I ran into him, and he said that he'd gone to the hospital, and from what he, from, from what I understood, they didn't even give any medicine. They just said, yes, you have COVID, go home. Now, the fellow's diabetic, he lives alone, he said he was pretty scared about the situation. But he went home, he was terribly ill in his chest for about three days and then recovered, went back. They told him, yeah, you've got the antibiotics, whatever they call it, and go home and uh, quarantine for a week, which he said he quarantined for two weeks. Now, this guy I know, he wears a mask religiously. And I said to him, I said, man, you must have gotten the virus while you were wearing the mask. He said, I know I have it on all the time. He said they told him at the hospital that probably 48% of the people that would even take the test would come up positive. But the fact is, most people that have it don't get uh, chronically ill. They might, they, In fact, they may not even know they have it. And from what I understood, most of them aren't even capable of transmitting the stuff. So the whole risk has been overblown. But when we know that they have hydrochloroquine with the z and the zinc, many, many doctors have told us that this combination works. Why not, why not allow people to try it at least? So it, it has become so politicized, in my opinion, that it's gotten really, really dangerous to get. The, the, the virus is not what scares me. The virus, what concerns me here is that people are getting the virus and people are not being offered medical treatment, which has been shown to work. And it's, it's really concerning when you have a person who's been elected president, but his own, the bureaucracy that's been there before and after him, what we would call a deep state, and yes, there is a medical deep state, just goes around elected officials and overrides them. We see the same thing happening over and over again with the UFO phenomena. It's a whole need to control information. And not just control information, but to provide misinformation and disinformation. And I think this COVID situation has really provided the template with how the deep state plans to use any 
UFO disclosure, if it ever comes to the point where the UFO phenomena reveals itself to the general public, the deep state has a backup plan on how to control human behavior. Now, they've already proved they can lock the whole world down. So this is something we need to consider. We have to find the truth about whether these things are a threat, as they claim they are now, or whether they're space brothers, like the Pope claims, or they're just the uh, the happy travelers, like Dr. Greer claims. They want to come here and give us free energy, uh, spectacular medical devices, and on and on and on. Possibly the truth lies somewhere in between, but the point is we need to be able to find out by ourselves as a as a people. This is something I think that has not been enough time spent on. Every time I see this new, uh, anything written about this new government UFO task force, a very Pollyannic attitude, it seems like people just are there like children in a candy factory. Well, I wonder if they'll give us that. I wonder if they'll give us this. It's a very dangerous attitude for people just to sit back and wait to be told what to do by an authority figure. People should be reading and consuming the information, the data, listening to what people say about these encounters, and looking at the fruit that's that comes from the trees of our government. Our the COVID is an excellent is an excellent uh, example of this. Why does it have to be so politicized? Why aren't people allowed to voluntarily take the ZPAC, zinc, uh, hydrochloroquine regimen if they want to? Why are they just not even offered? The hate for the elected president, whether you like the guy or not, is palpable. We see this with the way he's been treated with the UFO disclosure. It's pretty clear that he has not been given full disclosure of what's going on and that the deep state has hidden a lot of information from him. And I think you can tell it by his transformation that he's undergone, where at first when he came out and said, well, he didn't particularly believe in them, then seeing those uh, cockpit videos saying, wow, that's one hell of a video, to coming out on Father's Day in the interview with his son and saying, well, that he knew some things about Roswell and alluding to Area 51. So it's almost like he's undergone a transformative process where maybe people have actually um, enlightened him on certain things. His comments on Q, in the face of demands by the mainline politicians, even his own chief of staff, and and that I believe uh, saying you need to, you you got to, you you've got to, you have to rebuke these people, deny, deny. And Trump just seems to have just uh, walked through the Rose Garden and not even paid attention to him. It's almost as if he's become a little bit enlightened in spite of the deep state, in spite of this entrenched bureaucracy's attitude toward keeping him out of the loop. So you see what I'm saying here? It doesn't matter if it's COVID or UFOs. I see a total power play where the deep state, where these entrenched bureaucrats are making every, every attempt to keep the general public and the elected officials out of the loop. They want to be in control. They want to be in control of any uh, reactions that we have, any understanding that we have about this phenomenon, any cure for this virus. They want to have a monopoly on all information, all data, everything. Which brings me to the last um, thing here I want to I want to take a look at. I told you I'd bring Tom DeLong into this. And I came across this article. Speaking of 
information. And I know a lot of people are big on Tom Dong. In fact, Nick Pope uh, tweeted a, a, a comment about him or something, and it had a picture of the Tic Tac video, and one they, they call Flare, and it had the watermark stamp on there from TTSA. Now, if you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know how that gets me all grumpy. And so I made a comment to Mr. Pope and said, you know, I wish you could have found a uh, watermark-free video. And lo and behold, he posted the link to one, which I appreciate, because we're talking about disclosure, we're talking about transparency, and I, it seems like every time you come across an article in the last six months, or however long it's been since, since the Navy released those three videos officially, everybody talks about how how DeLong and, and uh, Louis Elizondo, you know, hey, they got these videos, blah, blah, blah. But nobody tells us, nobody explains uh, the chain of custody. You know, if there's ever a crime or police are investigating some kind of fraud or whatever it is, they have to maintain a chain of custody. If they don't, you can beat the case. So it's it's just it's just basic... It, it's just basic, you know, good housekeeping 101. So when they tell us that these three videos were released to the New York Times, but they never tell us who released them. And there seems to be just a total uh, lack of curiosity on the part of the mainline media here. A lot of talk about the videos, no talk about how DeLong got the videos. And until we know how those videos went from two different aircraft carriers into his hand, where he could put them on the internet with his company's logo on them, and I have to think he made some money doing that, it doesn't seem fair that anybody can talk to us about how we should worship at the feet of this country. Now that said, I love a lot of the content that Elizondo's put out the History Channel. Some really super entertaining stuff, and some really substantive stuff. And nothing personal about Tom DeLong. I'm not trying to give the guy a hard time or say that he did anything illegal, but it lacks transparency when three pieces of government property end up traveling somehow from a aircraft carrier on either coast of the United States and somehow find their way to your YouTube channel with uh, no tracking and tracing. Now this article here comes from Fox News. And the title is, UFO Research Could Change the World, Blink-182 co-founder says. Of course, that's Tom DeLong. And the article is by Chris Kiyachia, or Kiyachia, I don't know. Anyway, there's a subtitle here that's repeated in the article, and I want to read it. It's, and this is Tom talking. It says, quote, I am a big part of a mechanism that is absolutely profound, Tom DeLong said. Now, you know, if that was just some guy on the street, I might not think much of it. But the, but here's what he's saying. I'm a big part of a mechanism that is absolutely profound. You know, that that is such an egocentric thing to say. And normally we might not be threatened by it. But when somebody has told us that they have uh, material from crashed UFOs, that has been recovered by private citizens and otherwise, implying, I suppose, the government. When someone talks about things like free energy, when that person has gotten a contract with the federal government to build bigger, badder, tougher tanks, 
gets my attention. Now, is that what we want to do as a community? Do we want to funnel the best UFO data, information, metamaterial through the hands of one person who can sit out there and say, I'm part of something absolutely profound? And what do you mean by absolutely profound? And you know, you're getting to God-level definition there. Anytime we have a human, one of us, start to talk about being absolutely profound, that tells me that they are above reproach. Well, from my point of view, there's only one entity that's above reproach, and that would be the Almighty. As humans, we should express humility. So right right off the bat, I'm getting off to a bad start here, in my own mind. It says... In a new interview, Blink-182 co-founder Tom DeLong said the research he and his To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science organization is doing on UFOs could change the world. Speaking to Sky News, DeLong, the former guitarist for a band, said he has seen enormous amounts of data and would not have made the commitment he has to chase something that is more that is mere pie in the sky. You've got to understand the last show that I played before I started before I started to the Stars Academy was actually in the UK, the forty four year old told the news outlet. My band headlined at Reading and Leeds. You know, it's like there's a hundred thousand people there, and you decided to just leave that to go chase monsters and ghosts? You know, I'm not stupid. I'm a pretty savvy guy. From that statement right there, you know, you can feel Maybe I'm incorrect here, but it's almost, I feel like I can feel um, the pride oozing from Tom. Talking about, here, look at me. I was in front of 100,000 people, and you think I gave that all up for monsters and ghosts? You know, pride is not particularly a good quality to aspire to. And so what I see here, as I hear Tom saying to this interviewer, I'm being uh, worshipped and receiving the adulation of 100,000 people for my music. You think I gave that up for some monsters and ghosts? Now, he's put this in very specific terms that are really quite frightening to me in a lot of ways. I'm concerned not just for what it would mean for a person like this to get a hold of something so powerful as, as what... UFO technology could offer, such as free energy, the power to destroy, uh, medical, basically medical miracle cures. Also a little concern for Tom's soul. I mean, when I look at this and I just see this person absolutely absorbed in the, uh, you know, and, and, and almost, it's almost like worship of people toward him. And to say, you know, you think I'm stupid? So the conversation here is set up in a very uh, unhealthy way, in my opinion. I would have felt much better about it if he would have just said that he'd had an insatiable curiosity for what lies on the other side, or he'd he'd had this driving desire to know about UFOs and to, you know, solve this puzzle since he was a kid. But I'm not getting that. I'm getting a I'm getting a feel for a person who's who's very driven, has a great need for approval, but not just a need for approval. It's much more egocentric than that. I see a person here who revels in, as I said, the adulation and praise of people. 
It's almost like he's put himself in this godlike place. And you know, humans were not made to be praised. Humans were made to praise and to praise God. Not not set up this strange, you know, situation where look at me, I had a hundred thousand people there to hear me, me, me. Instead of saying something much more healthy, which would have been like, Hey, I was having a great time. I was there with a hundred thousand people and we were celebrating the music that we were making, and I was just a vessel for that. And it was so much fun to be a part of that experience. That's not how I'm seeing this play out. I'm seeing a very, I'm seeing a very self-centered look at this thing. And that personality profile honestly concerns me. If they've got a hold of stuff that could, that that could, you know, affect the entire planet. And that's what Tom's leading on to here. He goes on, he says, DeLong continued, I have been brought into a group of people, and I am a big part, and I am a big part of a mechanism that is absolutely profound and has already started changing the world and is going to do a lot more. Anybody that's interested in the UFO phenomena should read something like this and really be concerned. You know, I'm a big part of this. I'm the man. Look at me. And maybe that's why they brought this guy in. Maybe maybe some deep stater, there's a Blink-182 fan, and he thinks that, hey, everybody else on the planet is just like one of those 100,000 people at the music festival. I don't know. But you know what it says in the good book? Pride goes before fall. And I'm seeing so much pride here. And I'm not seeing any concern at all that maybe you just found something that was super powerful but also super dangerous and we should proceed with caution. I'm not seeing any caution. I'm seeing lots of debris. He goes on, he says, In 2017, three videos of unidentified aerial phenomena were originally released to the New York Times and to TTSA. The first video, known as FLIR-1, that's what we call Tic Tac, of the unidentified object was taken on November 14, 2004, shot by the F-18's gun, gun camera. The second video, known as Gimbal, was shot on 21st of January 2015 and shows another aerial vehicle with pilots commenting on how strange it is. The third video, known as GoFast, was also taken on January 21, 2015, but is unclear whether it was the same object or a different one. The news reports and subsequent media coverage surrounding the videos forced the U.S. Navy to admit the, U- the videos were real in September of 2019. Several months later, in April, the Pentagon publicly released the videos. Now, in that paragraph, and in this whole article, actually, the writer does not ask how the New York Times or Tom got the videos. They dropped the ball on us. A simple thing like the chain of custody. You know, if you showed up at a art gallery and you had a missing Van Gogh, they might ask you where that painting came from. Would it be okay for you to say, well, I found this at the New York Times. Somebody gave it to me. Probably people would have lots of questions to ask you. If you happen to work at a government installation somewhere, and they had some cool furniture, even. And you took it home without asking. Or they had anything there that you took without asking. 
what happened to the guy that w worked in the submarine a few years ago? He took an innocent picture on a sub. He said lots of people did it. They found the camera in a landfill, turned him in. He did, I don't know what, a year or two in prison? I think President Trump finally had to commute his sentence or pardon him, I'm not sure which. So taking things from the government, I've always been led to believe, was kind of a big deal nowadays, at least. Things of value, anyway. Three UFO videos leave the possession of the U.S. Navy, or copies of them do, and nobody cares how they left. It goes on, it says, After a thorough review, the department, and this is a quote from the DOD, After a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems and does not impinge on any subsequent investigations of military airspace incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena, Pentagon spokesman Sue Gao said at the time. The DOD is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos, Gao said. The aerial phenomena observed in the videos remain characterized as unidentified. Well, they didn't clear up everything. They didn't clear up where the videos came from and how they got from the Navy to Tom. Nobody wants to talk about that, and I just don't understand why even the big-time investigators like Pope won't bring it up. Why won't anybody? Talk, why? Why have I not heard a single other UFO commentator ask this question but me? Why are people so incurious? You have three videos that could have made probably thousands of dollars off of YouTube clips for any established UFO channel. But those were handpicked to be given to the former head of ATEP and Tom DeLong. And having done that, why have they thrown former head of ATEP, Louis Elizondo, under the bus a half a dozen times since then? The whole thing is so sketchy. Now you can go ahead and read the rest of the article there. I have it posted, the link, at ufowarning.com. But here's my point. There's so much talk about disclosure, and what will the task force tell us? Well, I don't expect the task force to tell us anything we don't already know. And if they do have something really, really valuable to share, I expect them to go outside of the chain of custody, to give it to a newspaper, somebody that can launder it for them, and that person will turn it over to one of these for-profit UFO companies. That's what I expect. Because that's what they've done before. I don't expect them to include the President of the United States on anything they uncover, because look what's going on with the COVID stuff. We now find out that the COVID test are reporting probably 10 times as many people positive as actually have the stuff. And they're using this giant inflated number to say, oh, we can't have football we need to close this state down. We, you have to wear a mask. So they create a lie in order to control your behavior. We find out from the CDC itself that only 6% of the people that were reported to have died from COVID actually just died from COVID. The vast majority of this stuff was uh, people who had some some sort of terrible respiratory infection or pneumonia that would have died anyway, but the COVID just happened to be there, most likely. 
So we know we've been lied to about that. They're telling us that 180,000 people died. Well, we just take that down to 6% of that, okay? So maybe 10,000 people died of this stuff. Well, what, 150,000, 200,000 died of the flu every year? And they're, they turned your life upside down for that? I personally know people that had to die alone in the last six months because, oh, we can't let a visitor in because of COVID. They unleashed hell on us. They unleashed hell on us based on lies. Okay? That's what's coming out of all this. Now, am I saying nobody died of COVID? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying people did die of it. I'm saying it was terrible. I just told you how I had an acquaintance of mine told me that he got this stuff and was really afraid of dying from it. Luckily, he recovered. I'm also telling you people aren't getting medical treatment the way they should that could have alleviated that suffering that they had to go through when they did recover. I know of a case right now where a guy's on a ventilator in a hospital not far from me. As far as I know, he was never given hydrochloroquine or any of the other stuff that President Trump suggested. That's how they treat us. How are they going to treat our UFO data? And then when it comes to the UFO data... I hear so many people say, oh, the task force, the task force. When they're not even paying attention. Oh, Tom DeLonge and the two of the Academy of the Stars, that was so awesome. They got those three videos. Well, why don't you send Tom DeLonge a FOIA request and ask him about the UFO parts that he has? Because the last time I checked, private companies don't have to deal with FOIA requests. Now, if another government agency would have ended up with those videos from those cockpits, yeah, you could have sent them a FOIA request, but not when a private company ends up with it. And apparently the journalists that we have are too lazy, too incompetent, or too scared to pick up the phone and ask any one of those DOD people, how did that video get from your department to the New York Times? How did that video, how did those three videos get outside the chain of custody? Right. What I'm seeing here is a pattern. It doesn't matter if it's UFOs. doesn't matter if it's COVID. doesn't it doesn't matter if it's UFO metamaterial, videos, evidence, whatever. It's all going outside the normal chains of command. Where people like you and I don't have access to it. Where the deep state can completely control it. That's the scariest thing about all three of these things working together. UFOs. COVIDs, and TSSA, all these private companies. Food for thought. Till next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. Visit UFOWarning.com. UFOWarning.com.